So, uh, yeah, it's just really cool. Like people just trying to stay sober and coming together to eat some tacos and talk a little bit of spirituality, you know, along the way. You can't really fucking go wrong with tacos. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) I think it's pretty dope, too, how they're able to do that, to have like a established, you know, place where you know, so many people can go and talk about different types of recovery or spirituality without it being like a main message pushed. Because yeah. really you only find that in recovery circles, you know, where people can go with different spiritual experiences, you know, talking about different entities, different pathways to spirituality and not have more of a message pushed or you know what I mean? Or, or some type of influence. Well, yeah, that's all cool and everything, but you know, this is the way right. to go, you know? Right. And nobody's ever been like that with me. They've never been forceful about what they believe or what they believe I should believe. It's just that it's just a bunch of people supporting each other to believe whatever you believe and to live the best life you can. And how, if we can help you along the way, we'll do so will love you when you don't love yourself. Like come here no matter what. It's a safe place to be sober and eat freaking tacos. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. So I hit record already. Um if you guys want to roll into something. Um if you want to talk about what do you guys want to talk about today? That's a great question. It just seemed like a pretty good conversation going about multiple higher power, especially the way this whole thing came about. So I figured I'd start recording and see if that can't turn into something. Yeah, so like, I don't know if if this is what you guys want to talk about or what, but like, I never wanted to be one to be like pushed into a specific type of religion. But when I was coming up, religion was hard like I I always thought I was just a sinner and I'm gonna die like I'm gonna go to hell I'm gonna burn in hell and just like there's no avoiding that you know like that's just how I was brought up in a really strict religious church and it's really an interesting and cool thing as you grow and learn and grow into your spirituality and understand that you can have your own concept of of a god a forgiving god a loving god one who wants to see you succeed regardless of your past mistakes. I don't I don't have one specific type of belief. I believe in God. I believe in spirituality. I believe in love and energy. And I read all kinds of books. I read books on witchcraft. I read books on Christianity. I read books on, you know, all the um oh shoot, what's the guy? Steven, what's the guy's name that you guys sent me the book? Oh, you talk about like Picard Tolly? Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. And I, I read Buddhist things, you know, I read all different kinds of things. It doesn't have to be to me. They're all kind of trying to say the same thing. At least that's for me. I dig that for sure. Like, um, you know, I don't think higher power talk, higher power talk. Hey, it's whatever type of power talk. (laughs) Um, I totally vibe with that. Like, I, I feel like if the four of us can sit in a room 
and talk about the concept of a higher power and touch on the same principles and talk about how we can see it playing its part in our lives. Yet, if each four of us separately kind of described what it is, I don't think any of us would have the same exact definition. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like what's cool about it is that it's, we tell people to find something, you know what I mean? Like go find something. And typically it's, it's based like, like here's the descriptive factors, go find it. Right. Instead of here's the name of it. Just, just follow that. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's, what's cool about this. And, and nobody's really holding a gun to anybody's head telling them this, what they got to do. It's a suggestion that you find something. Right. Yeah. And it's a suggestion that it, it comes along with these traits because really without that, what are we left with? Like our minds, our own self motives. And I don't know about y'all, but I base a lot of my self motives and thoughts off my past conditioning mostly in a way to get what I want or protect myself from being harmed again in the way I was harmed before. You know? I mean, I can talk about how uh, recovery's changed my relationship with my higher power, which I do choose to call God. I'm a Christian. I was raised in a church. Um, and, you know, I, a lot of times in recovery, I get, uh, I feel some kind of way because uh, a lot of, a lot of times I hear people talking about how, they were raised in a in a in a church environment <clears throat> and taught about a uh, a relationship with a a cruel God, um, a God that uh, well, punishing God, you know. Yeah. And that wasn't my experience. Um, I was never afraid of God of my understanding growing up. Um, my family was religious. Um, you know, I spent a lot of Sundays at church growing up. I didn't uh, exist in fear of, of God. Um, I existed more in uh, ignorance to God and in uh, self-centeredness. I was my own God for uh, the majority of my life. Um, I was never able to um, hear a religious message uh, when I was growing up. Um, I was active in, um, you know, church youth group. I went to church camps. I, uh, you know, was baptized when I was a kid. Um, but, you know, I served something else um, even before I was conscious uh, that, that I was, you know, um, everything, uh, for me, everything growing up was about, uh, getting what I wanted, getting what I wanted and, uh, not really having a whole lot of regard for consequences. Um, and I wasn't really, I didn't really get a whole lot of help on that front as a kid, like my decision-making, uh, you know, my parents raised me uh, and, and tried to instill morals and values in me. I mean, I was raised in a good family, um, but I just didn't hear it. And, you know, I was always concentrated as a kid on, uh, something else, you know, a sport, a pretty girl, uh, yeah. some kind of, 
uh, validation, some kind of accolade. And, you know, what that translated to for me was a constant chase, constantly chasing, never uh, having any kind of concept of um, uh, a will other than my own. And so that manifested itself into uh, into using um, because I was always let down. I was never able to obtain everything that it is that I wanted, you know, and and, uh, and I didn't know how to handle that. Uh, and the easiest way to handle that and be accepted and feel okay was to get, to get high. And so like when I got to college, man, it was, it was on, you know, I wanted to be everybody's friend. I wanted to be accepted everywhere. I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to, I just wanted to be, be that guy that everybody liked. And, and so I had lost at that point, spirituality, you know, was never really, a real thing for me in my adolescence and it was completely squelched in my early twenties, you know, through serving my disease. Um, and so, you know, like with that said, you know, in recovery today, um, first of all, I had to bottom out. I had to get to a place where I was, uh, able to admit complete defeat because the pain was so great. Yeah. Uh, from, in order to acknowledge and feel something bigger, right? Something yeah. out there, something out there. Well, if I've used dope for 20 years straight, almost every single day, whether I told you I was hot, you know, if four days together, five days, six days, seven days, you know, holy shit, I'm beginning to, I'm, there's got to be something going on here, you know? Uh, and, you know, my experience with, with God of my understanding through recovery is that my relationship with that higher power has grown through my experience staying clean, right? Like yep. through, through presence, I'm able to feel uh, God's presence in my life. And I'm able to yeah. identify uh, occurrences in my life that are not by my own doing, you know? For sure. So, you know, my, my relationship with God has grown significantly since I got clean. And I, you know, I, I believe that, that it was there the whole time, but I served my disease, uh, yeah. before anything else for a long time, which killed that spiritual relationship. Yo, that's good stuff, man. That, that makes me think you said a couple of things that made that stood out to me where, you know, where, when we, when we don't have a concept or a connection with a power, a higher power, we're looking for fulfillment here in the world. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's based on conditions. It's based on, are things working out my way? Ooh, God must love me. You know, am I getting what I want or I'm seeking fulfillment through achievements, you know, rushes, connections with people? that are based on here in this world, you know, and then that when that emptiness in between spaces starts to hit and we don't have a concept of a higher power or our, our concept is jaded by someone else's idea of a higher power and we're not grasping it. Right. We feel alone, right. And isolated or when things don't work out, we feel like something's wrong and, I don't know, like when we feel like we make mistakes, 
according to someone else's version of a higher power. I know, like, even for me, it was like, oh, well, I've done drugs now and I've had sex out of wedlock. I must be just doomed. Like, what's right. the point? You know? And yeah. so it's really cool that with this understanding of a higher power that now in those moments of space in between, even if it doesn't feel so great, we at least have something to fall back on and say, but I'm still all right. Even if, even if things go wrong, even if life's not fair, even if I go through a breakup, even if, you know, a tragedy happens, I can still fall back and say, that's not the condition of my higher power, right? That's not a condition of my worthiness. So it may still hurt. It may still not feel so great, but it doesn't send me spiraling into the funk for long. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty, that, that, that shit's what keeps me clean because without that, if it's just me, my thoughts in this world and the way, the way it's working with me, I've got too much evidence of things not going right and, and nothing else to fall back on to give me that resilience to kind of push through you know for sure i mean i think that we're all like in life nobody's seeking for a reason to be a bad person you know like we don't go out there like trying to be bad people we don't grow up wanting to be drug addicts you know what i'm saying like so if there's anything out there in this world that can help you be a better person or a better version of yourself. Like, why wouldn't you want to at least explore it, you know, at least be open-minded enough to welcome some type of an explanation or some type of a power greater than yourself. You know, I mean, also to think about the fact that how short life is in, in essence to the actual actuality of the universe you know so like I in for me I have to believe in something bigger than myself because my time here on this earth is going to be so short in comparison to eternity and I want to know that I'm gonna have someplace good to go when I'm done here on this world I want to know that I did something in this world to make this world a better place instead of making it a, a worse place if that makes sense yeah, definitely. I like what you said too about like we're not bad people just looking out looking to do bad things. <clears throat> and that hits so good because when I work with people at my at my job, I deal with people who who don't have the best concept of a higher power, who don't have the best self-image. And you know, I'm not even going to lie, I used to like kind of look down on some more colorful characters in addiction world right and you know i get a lot of this from like you eric you guys are like super supreme empaths and like just really compassionate towards people and i've taken bits and pieces of that and and channeled it towards these other people that i run into Mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool to see how they view themselves so lost broken and basically like unfixable you know what i mean whether they say it out loud or not the world looks at them that way and i'm sure they look at themselves that way at least here and there and i talk to them like they're human and i really try to sit with them and see like 
who are you besides the the sum of what you've done? You know, the, mm-hmm. the facts of your situation, who are you inside experiencing right. it, right? And I don't say mm-hmm. all this to them. I just try to view them through this lens. And it's really cool to see the glimpses of light shine through. Yeah. You know, it's it's really difficult because their conditioning is so strong and their views of themselves are so solid that like the behaviors come back out. Yeah. But when you can see those flashes, it 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 really does change the game when it comes to like just sharing the message of hope like, you know, this isn't it for you, man. You know, but they but they got to they got to pick that up and start channeling that themselves too. Otherwise it doesn't last longer than our conversation. For sure. But I like but how you said so, that though. Cause it's so true. It's so important what you said and what you do with these people that are really new in recovery. And for you to even bring a light, a glimpse out of their eyes, even for a flicker, that's, that's hope. You know, that's like, that's like planting the seed and that opens them up for so many more opportunities to let that light shine. You know, that's how it starts for them. That's how it started for me. When I first came out of treatment and I went to a meeting in all these places, I I was required, you know, 90 meetings, 90 days. And I'm going into all these places. I don't know anybody's name. I'm Googling the churches, you know, I don't even know the name of the church before I go in. So I don't know anybody. But when I came back the next week to the same meeting, they knew my name, you know, and that was in the beginning, that was super important to me. So like what you do with these people, bringing that spark forward, that's what those people did for me by remembering my name, by that simple thing, you know, it, it brought that forward and it allowed some type of recovery to start happening. So that's super important. Oh, yeah. We do it together, that's for sure. That's what brings the best vibe of, like, having, you know, gatherings like we have. I'm so grateful for meetings, you know what I mean? Like, I I used to look at it like, this is something I have to do to, like, not relapse, Um, you know. and And I go through waves, especially before the Zoom era, where it was a little less convenient to just pop on 15 minutes late, sit on your couch, you know. You got to like right. get in the car and go and be there. And that's an extra half hour traveling. Sometimes you got to, you don't want to walk in 20 minutes late and have everybody look at you or, or consistently do it. So it's cool that we have these things because this is where we get all of that, you know, where we get the acceptance we're looking for in the beginning, where we can develop the compassion to give it to the next person. Cause just as much as it feels good for them, it feels good for us. You know, yeah. it keeps us connected and reminded. And, you know, I love running into people, like, especially back when it was in person, like seeing that new person come in who who doesn't get much of what we have to offer. They think it's, you know, just somewhere I got to go X amount of times, get a sheet signed and maybe yep. be cured. And then you see the lights come on and you see the the relationships form. And, and it's just like yeah. a beautiful thing to we're so lucky to have this, you know, can you guys yeah. imagine like trying to get clean before meetings, like just with like friends and family who maybe one of them get it. And, and the chances of that one actually working some type of spiritual program is the percentages are even less, you know? 
Yeah. Or like, I feel so grateful that we have, it, it is so convenient. I'm so I'm grateful for that too. But like, I often think back to like people who were in recovery back in like the 1900s or 1920s back when, you know, like the first AA book was written in, in the time of, you know, those people who were like meeting in basements, you know, because they knew that they had a problem and, and how they came about this, the 12 steps and all of that is, is nothing short of a miracle. Like that has to have some type of higher power, um, intervention, you know, because the way that the steps are laid Mm -hmm. out, um, and, and how just applying like certain things that just sound so simple, but actually require work on your part. But if you keep it simple and just use for not today, just don't use today. And then you pick up one more tool the next day and don't use that day. You know, it's, it's amazing to me how, you can roll into getting your life back. I mean, really good things can happen for people who have been at the bottom of the barrel and almost dead, you know, really good things happen to people once they just, just don't use and try to be open-minded enough to pick up some tools and then try to put them into your life in some way, you know, and watching the light come on in people's eyes. That's amazing, man. Steven, I love that. That's one of the best things in the world to see that. No doubt. I really like what, uh, what you're talking about there. Uh, Cammy, the, you know, from my experience, our um, recovery is not possible, right? And the 12 steps are quite simply put a roadmap for maintaining a relationship with my higher power and get confused, man, when we're new, the steps don't work if we're still getting high, right? And I lived that for two and a half years, right? Like, imagine that. I don't get anything out of step work when I'm cutting lines on the step working guide, you know? I mean, right. it seems logical at this point, but it didn't make any sense to me back then. So I just wanted to get high. And, you know, the reality is that the steps are living the, living the program of recovery uh, and, and trying to live this program. Like the steps are in play every single day, man. And the only way that that becomes um, reality the only way that became reality for me was sticking around and not using right and 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 gaining enough experience with life on life's terms and being able to deploy the steps on an everyday basis right i have to have faith in something bigger than me that i trust that's loving and caring and compassionate for me in order to turn life on life's terms over to that higher power when they show up. Right. If I don't have that faith and that trust in something bigger than me, I'm destined to live in my own will, try to fix, manage and control everything, create control, every outcome to my best thinking. Right. And yeah, you were making a difficult job for the editor today. Um, I don't know if cutting (laughs) your video off might, might help you, but you're cutting in and out a little bit. Everything he's saying is so on point with this whole conversation too. So it is, it is such a good 
podcast, but like, man, it's coming in and out so bad. Oh, that's what we do. Me and Anna have somewhere we're riding down the road and you hear nothing but the sound of the car and the traffic. <laughs> I don't know how people listen to it, but I'm sure somebody but I feel has. What he's saying a hundred percent. And I'm just like sitting here super curious to hear what's happening over there with Eric and how he feels on all this. Oh my gosh. How about now? There yeah, we go. Hey, what's going down? There we go. Hey. <clears throat> my headphone must've been messed up. Um, I don't know what to say really. I, I feel like for me, it was like, I didn't trust anyone was the big issue, especially with, higher power and and people in general is trust was really hard for me um and so with with higher power the reason i had bad time trusting that was kind of what what everybody's touched on a little bit where in religion organized religion at least um doing things that's considered sin you you're told you'll burn in hell for Right. Um, and and I always linked higher powers to religion, organized religion. Um, so that was super hard for me in the beginning. Um, and then trust with just groups, like groups of people in recovery. I had a hard time with that because I had some bad experiences in the beginning. Um, and looking back at it, <clears throat> one thing I've I've learned over the years, especially these last couple of years, is boundaries are really important. Um, and even though I don't go to in-person meetings anymore, well, not not anymore, just not often, I would say. Um, right. One thing that's important with in-person meetings is boundaries, because um, at least in my experience, there are, are going to be people in meetings that they sound amazing. What they say is amazing. The way they carry themselves is amazing. But then outside of the rooms, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't practice what they preach. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've been, that's kind of where my trust issues come from, especially with 12 step meetings is the first guy who sponsored me. He, um, he was pretty much a con artist, I would say. Um, he, he goes to meetings, he finds people that are down and out and gets them to do cheap labor for his company. Um, and I was one of those people and I'm, you know, it's awesome that he helped me out when I was down and out, but at the same time, I feel like people that do stuff like that, like it puts a bad name on 12 step groups. For sure. Um, but I don't know, I'm kind of rambling on that, but. Um, as far as higher power goes, it's kind of what I said the other night. Like, if you don't believe in a higher power, just look at, look at a little kid that's just totally in the moment. Um, children before they, they start to learn the ways of adulthood and, and the ways of society before they learn things from people, they are just completely in the now. They're completely, uh, fascinated with whatever's in front of them and yeah. they have this, they have this unconditional love just for, for everything. Um, and to me that that's, you know, I believe in the universe, but when I see children that are just completely in the now like that, like that's a higher power to me, that's God speaking to me through children. Um, cause it's such a beautiful thing. 
But yeah. That's cool. That's so cool, Eric. Oh yeah. That's really good stuff. I I feel like, you know, to touch on what you were saying about trust in the group, you know, I can't get my message from any one particular person. I have had people in groups in any number of different fellowships show me the spirituality come through their message. And I've seen those same people show me their 100% ego identity conditioning come out. You know, Um, I tend to get more of one than the other from certain personalities, you know, depending on the level of unconsciousness they got going on in their life. But I've seen people who do not work a solid program in my eyes because of things I know about them um, and the way they conduct themselves who have delivered me a message I needed that night. You know what I mean? And then I've seen people I look up to in the program really show me some poor characteristics of their behavior, you know, and I can separate the two, you know, I don't necessarily look at one like, Oh, they're, they're doomed forever. Or look at the other, like, Oh, this guy is now my savior. You know, it's just the, the whole, the whole thing of the, um, the essence of the program, like the message can be delivered anywhere. And that's, what's so good about this program and life in general really is, you know, that same person in there who's not working a solid program can show me how not to live just as much as I need people there to show me how to live, you know? And when I see someone talking a good game and then step outside and do something different, it hits, you know what I mean? It registers in my, in my mind and, and in my heart. And I can say, you know, what I always do is like, make sure you don't do that. Or if I turn around and start doing that, it hits it's like an indicator oh you remember that other dude that did that and then you saw how he ended up you know and that's not to say i'm grateful for his experience you know i don't want to see anybody go out like that but i have to take what i can take from the reality that is presented to me right and um one of my biggest things is just really trying to stay aware that like it could totally happen to me that's why I always be saying shit like you are not special. You know, I don't, I don't go saying it to people anymore. I've offended too many people, but I tell myself all the time, like, regardless of my profession, regardless of my clean time, regardless of my grasp on a higher power at the time, I can totally shift in the dark mode and, and my behaviors can get the best of me. If I think I got this under control, you know, and I just have to stay on guard. I have to stay at that balance where I'm not lurking around every corner in fear of relapse because that puts me on high alert and just, I don't know, it's not a, it's not a comfortable state for me to be in long term. Um, but I also, you know, need to not get too unhealthy of a state of confidence to think I don't need to go to the next meeting. I don't need to hear the next, next message or apply the next suggestion. Because then I'm then I'm gonna like kind of be in that swimming upstream, floating backwards type thing, you know. It's just a it's a constant reassessment for me, and and what what works today may not be what I need to be working on tomorrow. Yeah. No. It's it is uh, it is easy to forget sometimes that the disease isn't going anywhere. 
right? Like when I'm, when I'm in a place where I'm in strong conscious contact with God, um, and I am receiving spiritual fulfillment through being selfless, uh, helping others, uh, without expected things in return feels real good, man. Like, you know, recovery's working. The program is strong. Um, uh, the steps are my tool that I, that I, um, that I, I reference on a daily basis, but that takes every day. Um, it takes conscious contact. It takes doing the best I can, uh, to turn my life over to a power greater than myself on a daily basis because it's easy to forget there's two real strong forces in play here you know we can call one recovery we can call the other uh or we can call one recovery in in god's will higher powers will we can call the other the disease the enemy demons satan wherever whatever we call it those are two real strong forces you know and reality is reality is either one of them can win a day either one of them can win a day and and the disease it's been my experience that you know while i might not use uh if i if i stop doing what i'm doing right now will i use today i don't know i don't want to try i don't want to test it right will i use tomorrow i still don't i don't know when i'll use but i will because i'm an addict right and i can't i can't uh uh i can't navigate life without help um, and you know, I get that help through, through recovery meetings because those recovery meetings are a, a process of contact with God and, and, you know, the people that, I, that are, that are, that God intends to be in my life are in my life because yeah. I work a program, you know, mm-hmm. I turn my back on that. Who do I serve? Who, who do I answer to if I turn my back on that? Right. And, and the answer is the enemy. And, you know, like, I'm just not willing to, to, to take my foot off the gas because I don't want to live that way anymore. And I don't think I can live that way anymore. You know, um, real good stuff, man. Real good stuff. I'm grateful that I, I have an opportunity to be, present in this conversation because i'm getting a lot out of it and um you know thank god there's another way right like yeah so long for so long i was unconscious to any other way than my own and unconscious to the fact that my own way was destroying me and you know and and it took a long time for that destruction to get great enough for me to consider the fact that I was not going to live and, and that, that it was going to take staying here was going to have to be, was going to take something totally different than what I'd ever done. And that's the hard part, man. Surrender's the hard part. Or for me, it was putting the dope down was the hard part, you know? And, uh, once the dope was down and I had the desperation to leave it down because I just didn't want to die. Uh, I just didn't want to make my mom cry anymore. I just didn't want to steal from the people I cared about the most anymore. Everything changed. Desperation's a gift, you know, and 
with that desperation, I can take suggestions now. With those suggestions, I can live the way that other people live that live successfully. And uh, and welcome to enjoying life without the use of drugs. You know, um, such a gift. I'm grateful. I love I'm you so guys. Grateful too. I'm so grateful to be a part of this conversation as well. And I got a lot out of this as well with just hearing you guys talk. I'm so grateful that for the Zoom meetings, because I would never be able to hear Wes talk. I would never be able to hear Eric talk. You know, I would never have met Steven in the first place, probably, you know, and I find it such a gift to bring all of us different personalities into a room and to be able to share some type of experience, strength, and hope with each other that maybe something I said Wes might hear tomorrow, you know, when he's in a bad situation. It don't even have to be that he's being tempted to use drugs or alcohol. It could just be that he's in a fight with this girl and he hears something that he heard in the rooms. It don't have to be from me. Maybe he hears something in his head from that he picked up from Steven tonight. And that helps him shift his thinking in the, his situation that he's with with his girl. And it helps him use a different tool and get through it successfully. And then they're not fighting no more. You know, I mean, that's how this shit works for me anyways. You know, I'm so grateful to have you guys. Hell yeah. Cammy, uh, Cammy I love my girl. We never fight. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me and my girl never fight either. <laughs> but I get the reference. Okay. Well, I've been married 15 years, so we fucking fight. <laughs> yeah, it's probably still coming. More to be revealed on that one. That's for sure. We you don't fight. We love tap. You got a lot more experience in this relationship thing than I do. So far, so good, though. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yes. Wait till you guys set up the bathroom when you guys figure out where your two. <laughs> Yo, we got are. two though. We got two. We got two. She's got her own. Well, you better bathroom. sacrifice oh, half of yours. Just know problem. that now. <laughs> one's hers. One's half of yours. See, and but she's still this... going to choose where your stuff goes. No. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the funny things about that is that, like, because we live in houses that are five minutes apart, she's uh, you know she's over quite a bit, and I've already experienced the. Oh hell! I'm falling down in the bath bathroom because I'm in the shower and it's like a fucking ice skating rink. And I've also experienced the uh, what's that coming out of the drain of the shower and why is everything clogged up? And I pull it out and it's like <laughs> this long. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you better so. just clean that shit out without making a word. Don't even say shit about it. Clean <laughs> out the fucking drain. It is your job. Just do yeah. it. And then hit it with the hit it with the draino and keep it moving, right? That's yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, that's kind of how these are, these are ways to make your relationship last, brother. Let me tell you. <laughs> I appreciate that experience for sure. Sure. <laughs> you all love her, man. We're it's a beautiful day to be alive and clean. That's for sure. And present. Yeah, this was and, a good chat, y'all. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. 